0: at loveisrael.org that's one word loveisrael.org now here's baruch with today's lesson
1: we are called to be people who are spiritually sensitive that we understand our spiritual predicament and that is that we need to deal with sin in our life the failure to do so has disastrous results now in one sense we deal with sin through the gospel but primarily i'm speaking to believers and i'm not speaking about dealing with sin as a way of finding salvation and mercy and forgiveness and having reconciliation with god we're talking to believers tonight about their need to be spiritually sensitive about sin in their life and how that can affect them adversely. And we see an excellent example of that in the passage that we're looking at. So with that said, take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Joshua and chapter 7. The book of Joshua and chapter 7. Now, we began this study of this chapter last week. And we saw that there was an enemy, that enemy called I, and it was a small group of people. We see that spies were sent out to look at this people. And the conclusion was, there was no need for all the armies of Israel to wage war against them. They were small and 3,000 men were sent. Now, remember, three whether it's three or 30 or 300 or, in this case, 3,000. That number three is for the purpose of testing or manifesting, revealing something. And we're going to see that in this event, something was revealed. And that was that there was sin in the camp. And that sin must be dealt with. And that is a principle not only for a people, a nation, for the children of Israel, but it's a a truth for you and me as individuals. We need to take seriously what David taught about going before God, asking God to examine us, to search us, to see if there's anything displeasing to him in our life, that we might fall under conviction. And that's why that concept of falling under conviction is so important. Because if we're not convicted about our sin in our life, those things that we're doing, perhaps those ways that we're thinking or speaking, behaving, that are in conflict with God's word, if we're not conscious of that, then we're going to find adversity. We're not going to experience the things that God would have us, that he wants us to experience. Sin has a very adverse effect in a person's life. And we see that illustrated with the nation of Israel. Now, we saw that they went to battle, these 3,000 men, and they were humiliated. We learned last week that sin brings about Humiliation it brings about defeat it gives the enemy power over us and we cannot function successfully so sin may be one of the primary reasons that you're struggling with your life that you're not living the fullness that god would have you to experience so let's begin we see that israel was defeated they were shamed they were humiliated and they were were grieving this the leadership fell upon their face all day before God because of this this defeat and notice what God says and we're going to begin where we left off look to Joshua chapter 7 and verse 13. Joshua is is grieving about this defeat and this is what God says rise up and sanctify the people Now, sanctification involves holiness. It involves the purposes of God. But sanctification, first and foremost, implies a change. And what God is saying is, there must be brought to the people a change. And it very well be the case that you in your current condition, you need to change. There's something that that needs to be altered in your life if you're going to know the success and the victory spiritually that God wants you to have. So it says here, verse 13, rise up and sanctify the people and you shall say to them, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Now we see that this is preparation for a future event, a future time. Close by tomorrow, but nevertheless, we see that sanctification prepares us for what God wants to do in the future. What God wanted to do earlier, but sin did not allow it to be done. So sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus said the Lord, the God of Israel. And then we have that same word that we need to learn, the word cherem. Cherem is a a destruction of something to god for god we've talked about this god did not want the children of israel to behave like the people to behave like the nations but to be unique that's part of sanctification and they were called to destroy all the valuable things that belong to this people and i'm speaking about when we saw an earlier battle with with Jericho, and we see that one individual, and we'll come to this in a moment, one individual coveted, that spirit of covetousness led to sin, and therefore, because there were those things that's supposed to be consecrated, that is destroyed, given to God, those things found themselves into the hands of one man, Now, it was a relatively small amount of that. The vast majority of things were indeed destroyed. They were were given over to the Lord's purpose. And that was, don't take these things as profit. Don't plunder these people because that's what the nations do. You are called to be different, to show them that you are not about gaining wealth, but obedience. And everything that you're doing is out of obedience to God. We're going to see that because one man, and this is so significant, one man didn't obey that, but the entire people suffered. And what it says here is that sin, sin affects the innocent. It's not just the one who sins that suffers, but sin can affect many other people that's unconnected to that act of sin. It can affect them also adversely. And bring defeat whenever there's sin. There's going to be the the empowerment of the enemy over the people of God. And that's what we've seen in this passage of scripture. So look again at verse 13. It says, For thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, There is cherem, there is those devoted things in your midst, O Israel. And notice what he says, the end of of verse 13, where it says, You are not able to rise up before your enemies until you have removed these, these devoted things from your midst. They were called to be devoted, given over to God, destroyed for him. But because they found their way into the hands of one man, God's saying you cannot defeat, you cannot stand in opposition to the enemy. They are in a spiritually compromised situation that was going to lead to shame, defeat, death, and despair among the people. Verse 14. And you shall be brought before in the morning according to your tribes so you're going to be brought before the lord according to the 12 tribes and it shall be middle verse 14 and it shall be the tribe which now what's interesting is that the word here that is used is a word of of capturing it's usually thought of as as a military word and the reason why it's there is that this is spiritual warfare. When we steal, when we sin, when we have that which is not ours in our possession, that God intended for someone else or for a different purpose, when there's sin in our camp or in our lives, let's make it personal, it is going to cause the enemy to be able to capture to take control, to rule over. And therefore, this word is used, look again, middle verse 14. And it shall come about the tribe, which he, that is the Lord, will capture it. It shall be brought forth according to the families. So select a tribe, the tribe that is guilty. And therefore, each of those families of the tribe is going to be brought before God and it says keep reading middle of verse 14 and the family which once again the Lord will capture it it shall be brought forth according to households and the household which the Lord will will capture same word it shall be brought forth according to men so we have the general tribe and then from that tribes there's there's families And from those families, there are households. And from those households, there are men. And so every man represents a household. They're brought forth to see who the guilty man is. And we see in this passage of scripture, keep reading in verse 14, where it says, And the house which shall be captured, that is, the Lord shall capture it. It shall be brought forth, by men verse 15 meaning the men of each each of household verse 15 and it shall come about that that the one who has captured the the devoted thing this one shall be burnt with fire him and all which is to him because he has transgressed the covenant of the lord for he has done and this next word means that which is despicable that which is loathsome now that word that is used here is usually used to refer to an animal that is dead its carcass is out it's been there for a while there's began that process of decay and you can imagine how revolting and how how loathsome That is, and this is what God is saying concerning sin and disobedience when we are moved by fleshly desires rather than by the Spirit of God, it is something that is loathsome, something that is repulsive to Him. So, once again, He says that this one has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, for He has done that which is loathsome, despicable. In Israel verse 16 so we have the strategy of what God's gonna do in order to and hear this in order to expose the sin that's what God is about he works among his people whenever there is sin God's not going to tolerate it he is not going to ignore it he is going to allow that sin to have its adverse effects until it's dealt with properly You cannot ignore sin. It's not going to go away the consequences. It's not going to be forgotten by God. It is going to fester and is going to bring about humiliation. It is going to bring about defeat in every sense. And ultimately, it will bring about death of some type. Verse 16. And Yahushua, this is Joshua, he rose up early in the morning. Now we've learned... That this concept of mourning is related to also light and that is exposing something. And therefore, it's going to be on that morning that the guilty party is going to be exposed. Once more, verse 16. And Yahushua, he rose up early in the morning and he drew near Israel according to its tribes. So he brought near to him Israel according to the tribes. And it says, the tribe, or we could say, the tribe of Judah, it was taken. Verse 17. So we know who the guilty tribe is, Judah. And then it says, verse 17. And he drew near the family of of Judah all the individual families that made up this tribe and it says and he took that is that he captured the family of ha verse 17 the second part and because they knew the family it drew near he caused to draw near the family of zarchi according to the men of this family and was taken Zabdi, so captured among these men of this tribe, according to family, was an individual named Zabdi, verse 18. And he caused to draw near, according to the household, these men. And of these men of this household, this family, it was captured, Achan. Achan was the guilty one. Achan, who was the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerach from the tribe of Judah. So now we have God doing something, and this is a very important principle. He pinpoints the sin. He goes through the tribe to family, to household, to ultimately to the guilty man that is the cause of this defeat. And we see that it's a man by the name of Achan. And notice something else. Verse verse 19. And Yahushua said to Achan, my son. Now, he's not speaking to him with, with anger. He speaks to him compassionately. He knows that this one is guilty. He knows what's going to happen to him. But Yeshua is not dealing with him as simply an enemy. He says, my son, give, please, glory to the Lord, the God of Israel. And give to him, and notice what it says, confession. Now, this word, confession, is an important concept we see for example in first john that god is faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness when we confess our sins to him now here we see that this is before the work of messiah and we're going to see in this old testament passage the consequence of sin why we today are such in a better spiritual condition Because the work of Messiah is in the past. We have access to what Messiah achieved. And that is that grace that brings about God's mercy. And through grace and mercy, we can find forgiveness. And through this mercy, forgiveness, and grace, there can be restoration. In this day, this was not going to be the case. So he says, give to him confession. Make your confession and declare please to me what you have done and do not conceal it from me now we see another principle it is never wise to conceal sin once more if we do that it is going to have an adverse outcome on ourselves in every aspect it can cause one to be sick it can cause one to, to be mentally in balance, in despair, that is going to affect them and their relationships. It is going to cause them not to be able to function, behave properly. We saw that with the armies of Israel, those 3,000 men, and we were to see it clearly taught here. We're not going to be able to do what God would have us to do if there's sin in our life. So he says, here, make your confession and declare to me what you have done. Do not conceal it. Verse 20. And he answered Yeshua and he said, indeed. Now, he wasn't concealing it. He was acknowledging it with this word, indeed. Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Israel and as this and as this I have done now this is an expression as this and as this simply means he is detailing what he has done and it's very important that we see that aspect of confession not just yes I have sinned but to to specify what that sin was what you were feeling why you did it to bring forth everything. This is a necessary aspect of confession and we're going to see that revealed to us in what takes place in this passage. Look at verse 21. We see where it begins. Verse 21. And I saw. It begins by this I. This so frequently it is through what we see that sin begins in our life. And that's why it's so important that we guard our eyes, that we do not look upon those things that we ought not, those things that are immoral, those things that are in conflict with the righteous standards of God. We see that the enemy will use and the eyes are the window. Well, what happens is through the eyes, through that vision, the enemy can get a stronghold in our life. It begins by just a little foothold and he can build upon that. So it's most significant that we see here, look at verse 21. He says, I saw among the plunder. Now this was all that was supposed to be destroyed. That important word, all that was supposed to be destroyed, burnt up, and, and never at all benefited from by the people some of this whether it was gold and stuff could be actually placed into the treasury of the lord but it could not be for the benefit of any individual so we see that he looked and notice what he says i saw among the plunder and then the next word "adaret," "adaret," is like a fine garment a robe it can be something as a cloak and this was common for prophets to have now it could simply be a garment of prestige in this this usage and it was something that that usually set someone apart and therefore because this is the first thing that's mentioned it shows that he was operating on pride he saw something that could be used to elevate himself to make himself different distinct from others so look again i saw among the plunder and this is what should have been destroyed a a robe a babylonian, babylonian babylonian robe one that was good and what i would say here is this now it's the word shinar which relates to babylon but it shows something it wasn't the type of of robe or cloak that a prophet wore but rather the fact that it was a babylonian robe shows a desire by him to assimilate it's very important that we learn a word in hebrew the word hitbolaylut it's a word which means to want to be like another, to assimilate. And this is wrong for Israel. Israel is not called to be like the nations, but to have an influence upon the nations. So, what we see here is, is a Khan, see something that is distinctly Babylonian, distinctly related to a non Jewish cultural treasure and he desires that he wants to be like them so he says i saw among the plunder this this garment this cloak this robe one that was a babylonian robe and that it was good and he says also 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold one bar of gold worth 50 Shekels in its weight. And what happened? Well, because he saw, it says later on, And I coveted them, and that coveting caused him to take them. And behold, they are hidden in the land, in the midst of my tent. And the kessif is underneath, meaning the silver is underneath it all. Verse 22. Now, nothing is written in the word of God just by chance. Every aspect of scripture has revelation. And we see through what Joshua does a very important principle. Look at this verse, verse 22. We read, and Joshua sent messengers. Now, these were probably his servants, but it's messengers and what did they do they ran towards the tent so Achan said yes I am guilty I have sinned against the Lord I saw these valuable things and I wanted them I coveted them and I took them and they're buried now he thought they were out of sight and they were no one and hear this no one among the children of israel knew what he had done he had gotten away with it from a human standpoint and you can get away with sin from a human standpoint maybe no one will ever know you're not going to be charged by the police you're not going to have to stand trial you may go through your entire life and that act of sin that act of rebelliousness that disobedience never seems to affect you adversely physically. But realize there is a judgment day. And you may not know the, the adverse spiritual things that are happening in your life because of this. You may not know that what's going on in your life that is disappointing, that, that is, is hurtful to you, can be traced back to that action you may not associate these two events what sin that you performed and what may be happening a year from now five years from now ten years from now you may not associate them together but there's a relationship so it says look again at verse 22 and yahushua he sent messengers and they ran towards the temp tent and behold, hidden in the tent, and hidden in the tent, and the silver was below it all. Verse 23. And they took them, that is all these things, they took from the midst of the tent. And they brought it to Joshua and to all the children of Israel. And what did they do? Well, look at this next word. It's word. Hashem. they spread it out now this word is unique if you do a study of it usually it's a word that has to do with casting something you want to make something you make a cast of it you pour for example a liquid gold liquid silver into it some type of of material that's liquid you pour it into the cast and then You let it sit. And what comes out? That which is exactly the representation of what the cast was. And therefore, that word is used. Why? Because Joshua, and here's the principle, he wanted to expose this sin before all. It's not by, by accident or by chance that it says that he laid it out In a very specific manner perfectly he laid out all of this before the children of israel why that they might see what the defeat was brought about why was brought about what was the cause of this humiliation this defeat this disgrace that the people had experienced just because of these things now when we look at it a bar of gold some silver and a a garment all of this had such disastrous effects upon not just him but upon the nation in fact he had not been up until this time he had not been any way related to that event and i that defeat doesn't say that he was one of these 3000 men but nevertheless his sin was 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 connected to their defeat look now to verse 23 it says and these these uh, uh servants these messengers they took these things from the midst of the tent they brought them to joshua and before all the children of israel and they laid them out before the Lord so all of this was done before the Lord verse 24. and Joshua took Achan the son of Zarak, and the the silver and the robe and the bar of gold and also took his sons his daughters his ox his donkey his flock, all of his sheep, and, and his tent, and all that was to him. Now, notice we see something. Everything that had a connection to this man was brought out. Why? It's to show us. My sin is going to affect every aspect of my being. Myself, my family, my, my possessions, That sin, it spreads out. It's not contained. You cannot contain sin. It goes and it begins to adversely affect many other things. And therefore, it has to be dealt with properly. And sin, it is related to death. And this is what's going to happen. Keep reading. Notice what it says in verse 24. And Joshua took... Achan, the son of Zerach, and the silver, and the rope, and the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, his ox, his donkey, his flocks, and all that was to him in his tent, and all of Israel with him. Meaning all of this took place in a most public way. And this tells us one day our sins, what we think Has been forgotten. What we think. It's never going to resurface again. It was all exposed. Before all. Israel. And it says. They brought them up to. Emek. That is the valley. And this word. Achor. Means trouble. Now this is a unique word. For trouble. Achor. And it speaks about intense suffering, hardship, that which plagues a people in a most intense way. And something that seems so small, he simply took a few things. Most of the plunder was destroyed. Only these few things, but it's emphasized. All the people saw why the nation of Israel was humiliated in battle by this this small people of Ai. And how this defeat, it went among the nations, the Canaanites and the others, about how Israel was vulnerable. And sin makes us vulnerable. Sin encourages the enemy to come against us. Verse 25. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? Literally, it's the word may, which could be, for what purpose have you troubled us? What was so valuable? What was so uh, tempting to you that you would do this and bring trouble upon and the implication is all of us? And now we see something. The measure that we use Is going to be measured back to us. Now remember. All of this took place. In a location. It's called Emek. In the valley of trouble. And he says. For what reason have you. Troubled all of us. And then he says. Middle of verse 25. The Lord will trouble you. On this day. And what happens. It says here that they stoned him who did all of Israel. They stoned him with a stone and they burnt them with fire. Now it's emphasized first and foremost that it was this man, Achan, that was stoned to death. And then secondly, it says they were all burnt up. Who's that? All that was to him. Not just his possessions, but also his sons, his daughters, his livestock. All of this was also consecrated with fire. And it says as well, these uh, other individuals, look at the end of the verse, they stoned them with stones. They too met that same fate. And the purpose of this is to say as a husband and father, when I sin, it is going to have an adverse effect upon my wife, my children, my family. Don't think that sin is personal. You might be the one person who sins, but that one sin that one person does is going to spread and affect numerous other people. And again, the outcome of it, Shame, humiliation. You are going to encourage the enemy to come against you. You, because of that sin, will not be able to stand in opposition successfully to them. You're going to be defeated. The enemy is going to have victory over you. Now, let me just simply say one very important truth. Sin never produces anything that's good. That's why God is never behind any sin. He never moves. He never influences. He never encourages anyone to sin. God is always in opposition to sin. God is sovereign. He can use whatever for his purpose. He's using this man's sin as a teaching tool, as revealing to us biblical truth, but He's not behind this man's sin. Let's conclude. Look at the last verse, verse 26. And they rose up against him. That is that they established in light of him a heap of stones, a great heap of stones until this day. Now, we have seen that these stones are like a memorial. These stones were set up there, this great heap of stones, in order to cause the people to remember this this event, this sad chapter in the history of Israel. So they established concerning him, might be a better way to translate it, they established concerning him this large heap of stones unto this day. And because Israel, under Joshua's leadership, Dealt properly with sin, it says, and the Lord's hot anger was was turned away. It was turned back, and therefore they called the name of that place Emek Achor, the Valley of Trouble. Unto this day, let me conclude with one last statement, and it's this when you willfully sin you are inviting trouble into your life and that trouble is going to be disproportionately related to the sinful offense meaning the trouble always is excessive compared to the sin that was committed think about this a man took a few things That should have been burned up anyway. I'm sure he thought. Well what a waste. I could benefit so much from this. The vast majority is being dealt with. Exactly as God said. What is this small amount. Going to do. But it brought about death. Humiliation. Defeat. Discouragement. And it empowered the enemy. Against the people of God. It had disastrous effects. And therefore, it is ridiculous for individuals to think because God God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That this new covenant relationship that has been established through the blood of Messiah, it is unbreakable. Your redemption is eternally secure. I hear that. And it doesn't lead me to want to go out to sin that that act of of abiding love that God has promised through that new covenant it should bring about humility it should bring about a sense of awe with how good God is it does not when i hear my salvation is eternally secure i don't think good i could go out and do sin and get away with it no you can never get away sin as a believer the sin that i may god forbid perform tomorrow won't keep me out of the kingdom of god but it can affect my experience in the kingdom of god for eternity and it will have hear that it will have greatly disproportionately outcome in my life in this world stay away from from sin. Allow this account of Achan in this passage of Scripture to be firmly fixed in your mind that you remember my sin is going to affect my sons and my daughters, my family, every aspect of my life. Sin brings about a loss. It brings about defeat. There's nothing good that comes from sin.